Well, many of you are no doubt wondering about the gigantic chalkboard that's in the room this morning. Um, on it is a prompt. I'm all in at Village Church Rollsville because. And just so you know, I totally stole this idea from a friend who's a, who's a pastor at another new church start uh, in uh, Pittsburgh area. And I saw he took a picture of something similar they did and how he invited um, his congregation uh, to answer a similar prompt on a chalkboard, and I thought it was just really beautiful to see all the different responses that folks had shared, uh, just the powerful reasons on why people were committed to that particular church. I really love those two simple words, all in, all in. They're like two little words of resistance in a world where people are, don't completely commit to much of anything. When I, think about, when I think about being all in, when I think about being all in, I think about a poker player betting all of her, her chips as a sign of just total confidence in her hand. When I think about all in, I think about a kid being scared to get in the pool and then just going for it and, and jumping off in the deep end. When I think about all in, I, I picture a team huddling together before the first game of the season and they're, they're stacking hands, one, one on top of the other, while the coach shares a, a, a motivational speech. When I think about all in, I think about a couple getting married and the promises that they make to one another. When I think about all in, I think about so many families that I know who have children with special needs and the total family commitment and sacrifice that they make to arrange their lives to ensure that their child flourishes and experiences the best possible life. When I think about all in, I think about someone taking a, a leap of faith and, and becoming a part of a church family for the first time or for the first time in a long, long while. When I think about all in, I think about a, a, a deep, deep trust in God with every part of our life. A deep commitment to God's church and obedience to what God is calling us to do. Being captivated by a God vision. Worshiping with, with all we have and all we are. What does it look like to be all in with someone or something? How do you feel? How do you Reorder your life when you're all in with something. What does it look like for us to be all in with God at Village Church Rollsville? Over the next three Sundays, we're going to be looking in Scripture to help answer those questions. And this Sunday also marks the beginning of our generosity campaign. It's no secret that being all in when it comes to our faith necessarily includes our money. And so during this time, we're, we're being prayerfully invited to answer the spiritual question. If I'm all in with God at Village Church Rollsville, what percentage of my income is God calling me to give? And it's a spiritual question, right? Because where we put our money indicates where we put our heart. 
And, and like a, a poker player going all in on a certain bet, all in with God means that we trust God enough with every part of our lives to bet everything on God. And that's what a man named Abram did. He was all in with God. And today we, uh, we look at the beginning of his story. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would uh, take root there, grow and transform us, that we might bear fruit for you by the power of your Holy Spirit. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. I invite you to hear God's word. Uh, follow along on the, on the screen. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and those who curse you I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abram left just as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all of their possessions, and those who became members of their household in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as the sacred place at Shechem, at the Oak of Morah. The Canaanites lived in the land at that time. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I give this land to your descendants. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. From there, he traveled toward the mountains east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There, he built an altar to the Lord and worshiped in the Lord's name. Then Abram set out to the arid southern plain, making and breaking camp as he went. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know how you can, you can read a story in Scripture a thousand times, and then the thousand and first time you get a, you get a fresh insight. When I read the story of, of Abram, of God calling Abram this week, I was really struck by how abrupt it all is. How abrupt it all is. I mean, chapter 11 in Genesis is the story of, of Babel where People once again tried to become like God, make a name for themselves without God being at the, at the center of it. And so God scatters this vain and, and selfish project. And we're told that people begin to spread out all over the place. And then, uh, and then we're told and given a list uh, of descendants of Shem, who was the son of, of Noah. And then all of a sudden, right, it's the Lord said to Abram, leave your land, your family, your father's household for the land that I will show you, I will make of you a great nation, I will bless you, and through your family, all the families of the earth will be blessed. It's like, wait, not so fast. Like, I, I have just a few questions here. Did other people know God? Did Abram know God beforehand? How did God speak to Abram? And then just as abruptly, just as abruptly, Genesis says, Abram left, just as God told him. He took his family and all his possessions, and they left. Again, wait, I have just a few questions here. What was going through Abram's mind? 
What was the conversation like with Sarai, his wife? Hey, honey, I heard a voice that tell me we got to leave with all of our stuff and all of our family and go to a wilderness in unknown land. Okay, let's go. How long did it take to say yes to God? I mean, after all, these are four increasingly difficult tasks. Anyone who has experienced the movement from one's home place to another place knows that that gut-wrenching feeling of leaving the loved and the familiar for something unknown. Leaving one's land also means leaving one's kin, one's relatives behind. And then leaving the father's house means, means nothing less than severing roots from immediate family and, and parents and siblings, all those trusted people who've cared for you deeply, who've nurtured you all your life. Lastly, most dangerously, right? Abram's asked to go to the wilderness, to the unknown, to a land that I will show you. These are difficult demands. A Middle Eastern man named Abram hears from God, and before we can take a breath, he's all in. Literally. Literally all in. He's betting his whole life, his family, his possessions, his future on this God. It's just so abrupt. And you know, maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. Abram didn't think his way to trusting God. He practiced his way. He lived his way to trusting God. He started trusting God by starting to trust and obey God. He decided to go all in with God and just see what would happen. God, here I am. Here's my family, my stuff, my dreams, my plans. And I'm going to trust, I'm going to obey you with all of it. And it was precisely in this willingness to respond to God's call with every part of his life that Abram began to think that this God might be a God worth everything, a God worthy of everything. And so it's after Abram goes all in with God that he finds himself able to worship this God. When they reached the land, Abram builds an altar and worships the God who has called him, who has given him a mission, who has, who has made these amazing promises to him. Father Richard Rohr is a Franciscan priest and a, a Christian thinker, and he's fond of saying, you don't think yourself into a new way of living, you live yourself into a new way of thinking. You don't think yourself into a new way of living. You live yourself into a new way of thinking. And I think that's so true of Abram and us when it comes to us being all in with God. Trust and obedience go hand in hand. Which comes first? Which comes first? Do you trust before you obey? Or is it obedience that you, that, or is it in obedience that you learn to trust? Did Abraham trust God first and then find out 
And then out of that trust, he obeyed when God asked whatever God asked of him? Or did Abram begin to obey the God he didn't really know, and so he began to trust the God? The answer is yes, with Abraham and with us. Part of being all in with God is trusting in the God that we do know precisely because of stories like this, precisely in and through the person and work of Jesus Christ, our own experiences with God, and then us living in light of that. We can be obedient to God because we know God to be inherently trustworthy. Part of being all in with God is saying a tentative yes to God, being reluctantly obedient with different parts of our lives enough times that we begin to grow in our trust of God. I can tell you from my own personal journey that I didn't really trust God enough to be a consistent or generous giver at first. Apparently, I didn't really believe or feel that God would provide and take care of me. And it took a certain Abram abruptness on my part. A certain Abram abruptness on my part. It took a tentative yes, a reluctant leap to just do it, to say, I'm going to give this much of my income to the church, and hopefully that grows my faith and my trust in God's provision and in God's goodness. Because like so many other moments that I can point to in my life, other examples in my life and in my faith, if I had waited until I thought or felt like I trusted God enough, it would have never happened. Sometimes it takes that Abram abruptness on our part. But God also helped Abram, and God also helps us. God gave Abram a captivating, compelling, reassuring vision. When God shows up on the scene and tells Abram to leave his home and move, God also says some pretty compelling and captivating promises. Like, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. The God of the heavens and the earth, pure being, the The creator saying, I'm going to bless you. You will be a blessing and all the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abram's family will be a means by which God will bless the whole world. Abram's family will be the way that God's glory spreads throughout the world. That is an incredibly powerful vision or picture of what is to be. We can't, we can't get into to Abram's head, can't get into his heart, but he's human. And human beings are wired to be caught up in a story, in a vision that is bigger than ourselves. It's what helps us be all in and go all in with something. Rob Campbell, the CEO of Volt, a wireless, uh, a wireless software provider for hospitals, talks about visiting Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. In 1977, Campbell was a young programmer who was excited about the emerging class of personal computers. And he began searching for a position at one of the companies at the forefront of this revolution. Campbell first visited uh, Tandy Computers. What is your vision for the personal computer, he asked. 
We think it could be the next big thing on everyone's wish list for the holiday season, Tandy executives exclaimed. Uninspired, Campbell visited Commodore, a company that introduced a personal computer in 1977. What is your vision for the personal computer, he asked the executives there. At the time, the company's stock was trading at less than $1 a share. And the executives said, we think it could help our stock rise above $2 a share. Uninspired, Campbell decided to stay, take Steve Jobs up on an invitation to meet for lunch. What's your vision for the personal computer, Campbell asked Jobs. Campbell said what happened next still gives him goosebumps. Steve Jobs, he says, was a magical storyteller. For the next hour, he talked about how personal computers were going to change the world. He painted a picture of how it would change everything about the way we worked, how we educated our children, how we entertained ourselves, and you could not help but be all in. Part of us being all in with God means being captivated by God's vision for the world. Buying in and being pulled forward by God's dream for humanity and creation when, when heaven and earth are one, when the dwelling place of God is among people, when, when tears and death and violence and injustice are no more. Part of being all in with God at, at Village Church Rollsville is being captivated by God's vision for us here in this place as a community that lives like family and loves like Jesus, that ministers to the whole family and to the whole person and to the whole community, who welcomes and includes all people, that dreams of every neighborhood having a B3 community group, that wants everyone to know that they are, that they are supremely loved by Jesus Christ wants to transform the place in which we live. I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm willing to go all in for something like that, with people like you, with a God like that. When Abram arrived at Canaan, his whole life in tow, he pitched a tent there. And then he does what people who are all in with God cannot help but do. He worships. He worshiped. Abram built an altar to the Lord and worshiped in the Lord's name. It was Jesus who said, wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. Abram's treasure, his family, his whole life were literally there. And so was God. And therefore, so was Abram's heart. And whatever we aim our hearts at the most is what we worship. Worship is Abram's grateful response to the fact that God has, had made these beautiful and amazing and huge promises to him to be present with him, to bless him. And so wherever Abram had a tent. Wherever Abram pitched a tent, wherever he lived, there was an altar too. Wherever Abram lived, there was an altar too. It was worship. Worship was Abram's response, heartfelt response to God being all in 
with him. And that's really important for us to remember. That's really important for us to remember. I mean, talk about God going all in. God initiating God's rescue operation for a world gone astray. God initiating that rescue plan through a human family. I mean, God's betting a lot there. God's betting a lot there. We go all in with God, man, because first God has already gone all in for us and with us in the person of Jesus Christ. It's a lot easier to go all in when you know that you're not alone. When you can worship the one who says, I will be there with you always. Because like Abram, our worship is response, is in response to God going all in to rescue, redeem, transform, save us. A joyful thank you to the amazing, huge, beautiful promises God makes to be present with us. To never leave or forsake us. So... What does it look like to be all in with God? It looks like Abram's trust and obedience. It looks like being completely captivated. Being completely captivated by God's vision. It looks like worshiping the God who is already all in with us. May God grant us a certain Abram abruptness in our lives that we might go all in with God and never, ever be the same. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.